Oh, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, as I was kind of searching for a, a unifying theme for this morning, it, it always kind of comes back to me that what we're talking about is the difference between destiny and free will. See, if everything in the universe just kind of plays out according to God's master plan, if everything that is happening is somehow part of what his desire is, what his will is, we can really just throw our hands in the air. We don't have to take any kinds of, of action. We don't have to even come to church on Sunday morning because everything will just kind of go like it's supposed to go, right? That would just make sense. But if on the other hand, our free will has an impact upon our world, it's up to us always to keep in mind God's principles, God's precepts, to always ask the question, you know, what would Jesus have me do today? Yeah, you know, 30 years ago, we'd ask the question, you know, what would Jesus do? And it, it was maybe a simpler question, but, you know, Jesus would just heal people, right? Jesus would, would just speak a word and stop the storm. And so for, for you and I who don't have those powers, we can't just walk in the hospital and heal our loved one. I, I you know, was, was praying on Thursday night, but the storm never really stopped as far as I could tell. You know, some of you, you are up maybe praying too because you're afraid of the hail, you're afraid of, of, of flooding, you know, that these things would, would be happening. And, 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 and as I, I said, sometimes I, we, we get humble, don't we? You know, fr Friday about noon, the, the Lord humbled me, put that verse in, in my mind. I said, it's in the beginning. You know, I'm walking down the stairs, the effectual Fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much squish. They say, wow, my prayers maybe weren't that effective or they weren't fervent enough or my, my life isn't righteous enough. I, I don't know what happened. But it, you know, it's, it, it's easy to be optimistic. And as I, I shared with you, uh, again, you know, Friday, Morning, I was, I was walking around outside the church. You know. I, was, I was afraid, you know, some of the shingles maybe blew off or maybe the sump pump wasn't working or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm walking around, I was like, everything is good. Everything's good. And I, I just kind of went back home. Now, a couple hours later, you know, because Bill Johnson stopped by to to visit with my wife, I thought, you know, maybe I ought to really go inside. It's so easy to be like that, isn't it? But you just have to point and say, you know, God, God is just kind of taking care of everything and whatever happens, it must be part of God's plan. And, and I, I can just kind of be optimistic and I can just kind of, you know, feel good about things. And I, I can walk around the outside and the outside looks pretty good and everything is okay. It's all fine. And then we come to find the truth, don't we? The squish. 
the squish came in, in some area, some aspect of your uh, life. And you know, for, for our nation, you know, thinking back into, you know, maybe the, like the, the 60s when the, the Supreme Court began to make some of those decisions about abortion, the, the famous, you know, Roe versus Wade decision where the Supreme Court decided that abortion would be just fine, that would be okay, that we, we wouldn't tell each other the truth about it anymore, right? We wouldn't talk about, you know, murdering babies. We would talk about, oh, you know, women's free choice. And, you know, women have the right to control their own body. And who cares about the consequences of, of that kind of thinking? You know, for for us, you know, our, our parents, you know, probably woke up one day and, and they said, what, what kind of world are we living in? How could the Supreme Court have made that decision? Because you, you know what? In a, a republic, we can well expect that our elected officials will reflect our values. You see, the, this idiotic idea about the separation of church and state just can't even hold water because right, we elect people that we want to reflect our values. That's why we elect them. That's what we can expect from our government. That we can expect a government that would do what is right. right. We can expect that to happen. How can the government do what is right if it's just going to ignore the Christian population? How can the government reflect our values in society, in the school system, if they just ignore right, what Christians want to see happening. But, but yet, you know, that, that occurred in the United States, didn't it? The Supreme Court made, made that decision. And, you know, we, we started to tell lies to one another. You know, it's a, a choice. No, it's a murder. Like murdering little babies. No, no, it's a it's a it's a choice. And, and we covered it under that umbrella of you no know, planned parenthood. I, I I don't know if you can remember maybe the, the first time you, you heard about you know planned parenthood for for me, I I was 17 years old and I I was visiting in a different state and the the son of one of my dad's classmates was telling me about, you know, he, he and his girlfriend went to Planned Parenthood and everything was okay now. And honestly, I had no idea what he's talking about. You know, Planned Parenthood, that, that sounds kind of nice, doesn't it? You know, you go to this place and, and they plan with you how to be a parent, Right? Is that what it is? It, it was actually you know, a couple years later that I'm reflecting on that that I came to understand. I, I, now, I, I know what happened now. I, I know what he's talking about. They, ah, it's not such a nice place. It doesn't really you know, help people with their difficulties. 
And so we're trying to talk about the truth, aren't we? What is the truth? We want to get to the bottom of that. We want to be able as Christians to reflect that within our society. But, uh, dear friends, I, I have to tell you, you know, the, these you know, last 50, 60 years operating under this system, it, it was never part of God's plan. It just wasn't. And countless Christians over the course of these years have risen up in, in protest. They, they've risen up to become elected officials. Uh, they're beginning to, to have influence within our society. It took all of these countless years to get the Supreme Court to, to back off just a little bit. For see, yes, in, in the war against the abortion, we, we did have a major victory. Right, that, that victory is that, you know, it's no longer going to be sanctioned by the nation. But you know what? On the other side, all the ruling really did was move the decision to the individual states. Now, if you're watching some of the major news networks, you know, they're, they're coming out and saying, the women have lost their rights. The, the Supreme Court has made abortion illegal. This is so terrible. But no, it's not what happened. The Supreme Court, actually, all they did was, was they said individual states can now make the decision. And so there's maybe 26 states within our union that are, are making the decision that they want abortion to be illegal, but the court, the Supreme Court, has not actually come out and said, this is bad. All they really said was, hey, we're going to back off a step. We're going to let you know individual states make their own decision. And so, yeah, it, it, it is a, a big victory in the war. But before we, you know, pat ourselves on the back, where we say, oh, hey, we did that, we accomplished that, isn't that great? You know, go home and retire. So, you know, like for us here in Minnesota, we still have a battle to continue, don't we? Because our state legislature is, you know, still controlled by people who think abortion is okay. They still think it's okay here in Minnesota to murder little babies. And so that the impact of the national court's decision, it's not going to really affect us in Minnesota all that much. There still is work to do. But we can't say, hey, we gained some ground, can't we? We can't say, you know, this is the first step to be able to get the nation to back down, to be able to get the nation once again to say, hey, maybe we ought to reflect some of the values of the people that elected us. That's a, a, a little bit. But it's not time to, to give up. It's not time to say, hey, we made it. We need to keep that fine edge, don't we? That edge 
that says deep inside ourselves, you know, God wants me to go and do something. We know from the scripture, you know, God works through people, doesn't he? And it's always a very sad day when people start to fall apart. And, and we see that today in the example of Elijah in our text. You know, you, you think about the, the great men and women of all the great men and women of the Bible. You know, Elijah, he is way up there, isn't he? Now that great prophet of God, and he's able to perform mighty miracles, and you know, he stands alone against kings and queens. He has God with him, and we see Elijah today at the end of his career falling to despair, don't we? And yet it happens. You know, as a, a pastor, I kind of like to encourage each and every young man in my confirmation classes to go and be a pastor, to go enter church work. And, and you think that that would just be natural. You'd say, hey, yeah, we can you know, have all these, these people and, and get them into the harvest field. And, and, and wouldn't that be the thing? But you know what? If you don't have Christ with you, life is hard. And, and, and the ministry is hard. And you, you run into conflicts and you run into the consequences. And if you just send a, a young person out there that, that thinks, oh, you know, church work sounds like fun. And then they, they go as a missionary to a, a little village where 90% of the population is alcoholics. They're not really having fun anymore. But it, it's a, a struggle and it's a, a striving and, and you know they're just having difficulties that they're encountering. If they don't have that solid foundation based upon Christ Jesus, they're just not going to be able to last. And here we, we see this prophet who has the, the solid foundation. He's had God with him, you know, through the years of his ministry. And now he is coming to the end. Now he, he comes to, to God. He goes back to the cave and he says, Lord, it's hopeless. I spent my career following after you. I spent my career telling other people about you. I'm the only one left. Things are really bad. And, and, and Lord, I, I don't know if you've been noticing, but you know, I've, I've kind of you know had my nose to the grindstone, and I've kind of been doing the job, and, and you know, I've been you know doing everything that I can do, and it's hopeless. And and, and you know what? He, Elijah was so favored by the Lord that the the Lord comes to him and and says. No, Elijah, I, I kind of like you to remember the, the power that I have. And, and the Lord God puts on miraculous displays of power for Elijah right there in his presence. And, and then 
Elijah, he, he sees the, these mighty works of the Lord and the Lord comes back to him. And Elijah, he just launches back into that same prepared speech that he made just before. Lord, I've, I've been very zealous for you and I've been working really hard for you and my nose has been into the grindstone and nobody really cares and it just seems to be over. And, ah. But what can you do at that point? Elijah's burned out. Seeing miraculous displays of the Lord's power, it has no, no impact on him. And so the Lord announces his retirement. He says, you know, you, you know what? Here's the last few things I want you to do. I want you to go and pick up your replacement, Elisha. I want you to go to him. He's going to replace you. I want you to anoint this guy king. And I want you to wrap up a few loose ends. And that's it. You're, you're done. Because really, what, what can God do with him? He's burned out. He doesn't even respond to miraculous displays of power. He, he doesn't even say, wow. You know, Lord, you, you've been with me all these years and you did this and you did that and now you show me your power once again and I am renewed and I'm ready to go. He doesn't say any of that, right? He, he's just kind of done, isn't he? He's given up. And dear friends, that, that's never the place that we want to be. Is it? We want to be in that place where we have the good and positive things that our New Testament text talks about. Right? That, that we'd have peace and we would have joy. That, that we would be peacemakers. That, that we would be able to go into to situations and, and have a positive impact. That we would be able to, to create something out of what God has given us. Rather than be the, the lost people that we see around us. Rather than, than be any you know, other the discouraged one, the, the burned out one, the, the, the person that has no self-control, the person that habitually falls into sin, the person who can't maintain that way of God, but rather goes the other way. It falls into every sin, goes into every kind of immorality, doesn't understand any longer what it means to be a child of God. You see, no matter what happens throughout the week, no matter what things we, we've kind of come across or what we've run into, you know, you and I have this wonderful place that we can come and worship on Sunday, don't they? And no matter how maybe things are unraveling in your life at times, no matter how things maybe are falling apart, we can gather together once again and remember who we are. That we are the children of God. The God himself says in the, the Old Testament that he knit us together in our mother's womb. That was him. He, he was doing it. 
You know, when, when some people come out and say, well, I think abortion should be okay for the first six weeks. Okay, so who was knitting you together through those first six weeks? No, God says, he's the one, he's doing it, right? Abortion was never a part of God's plan. God wants us to live, to come to experience him, to come to be children of the heavenly father. Jesus Christ's death on the cross opened the door for everyone. Not just the the people that managed to get born. And somehow the the people that that didn't get to be born, they're just kind of things. Or, or, you know, they're just kind of a collection of cells or, you know, it's just a, a fetus rather than saying it's a baby. Right? But the Lord God desires for everyone to come to the knowledge of him. You know, God loves everyone so much that he wants them to grow to that place where they can see him as their heavenly father. They can understand him as a loving God, when they can even be able to proclaim to one another the richness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it is that difference, really, isn't it, between a destiny and free will. You see, you and I, God has given us that free will. That free will that we can choose to exercise in pursuing God's kingdom. Now, maybe for some of you, you, you woke up this morning and, and you said to yourself, man, I, I heard the church got flooded. Or, or maybe you said, man, I, I was over there working Saturday and it, it kind of smelled. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tired and I, I don't even know if the road is going to be open today. Maybe I'll, I'll just stay home. I bet, I bet there's some professional wrestling on cable that I could be watching. Right? But then you shook yourself a little bit. You said, no, I got to go to church. You said, no, I, I want to go to church. And, and you got up out of your, your lethargy and, and, and out of your depression and, and you said, you know what? It's a beautiful day outside. I'm going to go and see what the day can bring. And so you came. And we got to sing once again some beautiful hymns to our Lord We got to to confess our sins once again and hear his offer of forgiveness. Hopefully the the, the sermon didn't go too long today and you got a little bit of an uplifted feeling out of it. But the main point is we got to find God once again, didn't we? And we got to be reminded that everything that happens, it isn't always part of his plan. But how we respond to it is what makes all the difference, isn't it? 
We can be like Elijah and we can say, that's it, I give up, I quit. Or we can be the children that reflect on our past. That understand how God has taken us this far. And that God is still mighty. And that God still has power. And that God still can shape and mold our world. As he always has. Yes, dear friends, we have had a big victory in the battle against abortion. Because of the countless hours that men and women have worked over the past you know, 50, 60 years, we finally have come to that place where the Supreme Court took that half a step back. They said, hey, we will turn it back over to the individual state. It is a victory. But now we must continue that fight. Now we must be the ones who will bring to the state of Minnesota that same victory. The people in our state will come to understand once again that God knits the little babies together in their mother's womb. And he does it for an eventual purpose. That they can grow to be his children. That they can have an impact on their society. That they too can be called sons and daughters of God. And not just some other term. That medical people that lie to us at times have come up with. We are his children. God loves us all very much. God has said in his holy word that he desires for every single person to come to the knowledge of him. Amen. I may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen.